0: Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. St. Mesa may have been born in sunny Southern California, but its brooding tones often sound otherworldly. A project of multi-instrumentalist Danny McCook, St. Mesa's sounds are tense, darkly cinematic, With deep roots in tribalistic beats, Danny has played live at the Sasquatch and Bottle Rock festivals, among many others, and St. Mesa's dynamic range has landed it on ABC shows in advertisements for H&M and Puma and in vaunted properties like Marvel and Netflix. So let's bring him on. Hello, hello.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm sorry I butchered your the beginning of <laughs> oh, your introduction there. <laughs> My mouth will start working eventually here, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It's so great to have you on. I was just mentioning that um, Iris from Team Unstoppable, she and her kids M and Noah are big fans of yours. So I definitely wanted uh, to see if you could give them a shout out to start. Oh yeah, shout out M and Noah. <laughs> Woo, thank you guys. Love you. She says that, um, I, b- I believe she said, Noah requests Lion every day. Oh, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, it's it's great to have you here. Uh, why don't we just kick things off by talking about how your year is going so far, what you sure, have going yeah. on project-wise? Totally. Yeah. No, I mean,
1: year's been great so far. Um, really just trying to finish up this next body of work. Uh, I'm doing an EP that is coming out uh april 14th and mm-hmm. the first single actually drops on this friday oh wow and awesome. so we'll do uh yeah i'm excited i will do it lo- timing of all this worked out perfectly <laughs> i haven't done anything in a minute so this is great <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah the first the first song will come out uh on this friday and then uh two weeks later the next single will come out i think that's april 7th yeah april 7th i'm gonna remember my dates Uh, And then the full EP will drop on the 14th of April. So, yeah, really just been finishing that up and um, getting prepped for music video stuff. I'm doing uh, two music videos for this EP, which I'm excited for. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't done any music videos in a minute. Um, And so that'll be cool. Um, Doing a bit of traveling, you know, just living life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Well, let's jump right in to the project, and um, maybe you can just kind of give us an overview of how the project came to be, what inspired it, what it's all about, and and um, you know what what goes into your creative process.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, do you want to do like a full kind of like a like a summary of where the. The whole thing came from or do you want to kind of just go that would be awesome let's go there for sure we can, go, we can go there yeah we can do the whole thing <laughs>
0: Let's do the whole thing
1: um so i started making music uh with my buddies when i was a little guy like 10 years old my my friends at church were like we want to can you play bass in our band and i'm like i don't know how to play bass but okay and they're like you can borrow our dad's <laughs> go bass." for
0: it
1: <laughs> like all right I just want to hang out, you <laughs> <Why> know, <not? laughs> I didn't really, I don't really have any specific interest in music. I just kind of wanted to hang out with my friends. <laughs> yeah. And so I started learning bass and, um, you know, we played some shows and stuff, just having fun, hanging out. And then I started learning uh, piano. I started teaching myself piano um, when I was about 16 or 17. Um, and for me, that was when the like music like really opened up being Mm -hmm. have like having the the ability to really make because when you're on bass you're playing one note most of the time you know for the most part you're you're like a rhythm kind of section essentially um Mm -hmm. and so having the full like symphonic element of all of the notes spread out everywhere and you can do everything like for me that's when I started getting really passionate about playing music um and then I started recording my first ever like recording that i did i mean this was before you know record like re- now recording equipment's so accessible which is amazing mm-hmm. uh, but back in the day i had my brother's old toshiba laptop and uh <laughs> we had um do you remember when like webcams had like a like a headset with a microphone that you had to yes. use, like in, <laughs> you know in order to talk on the webcams? um so i literally would like plug that into the mic jack on his old computer and just set it on top of the piano and just record myself playing piano mm-hmm. um, and that got me just really excited about recording music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically from there, I transitioned into like doing GarageBand and then I transitioned into Logic and um, started learning about like actual production and layering and different instruments and like
0: all of that stuff. Um, and all self-taught. You're just. Yeah, YouTube. you just picking things <laughs> up as you go along on a Pretty on much. A, and that's still basis. true to this day,
1: just making it up as I go
0: along. <laughs> I love that so much.
1: Um, yeah. And so basically just very long snowball-y story. Um, I ended up starting to produce music and, uh, I would like hit up friends and be like, Hey, come sing on this song that I made. Cause I never sang, I wasn't a singer. Um, and I was like, I was like super not a singer. And, and so I was like, you know, I would hit up friends to, to come and sing on tracks and stuff. And I was just like experimenting with different genres and all that. Um, and then I finally one day made this track and I really liked it, and no one was available to sing or anything like that. So I decided I would do it. <laughs> like why not? Um, and then I did it, and then I made a full song, and I was like, oh, it's actually kind of cool. And then I yeah. made like another 15 songs, then I released it, and then someone heard about it. At, um, and they became my manager, and it like was this whole snowball thing. and then, like, Two years later, I signed a record deal with Interscope, um, and it was just like was so much. And honestly, for me at the time, it was really tough because I was like, again, not a singer, and uh-huh. so it, there was so much imposter syndrome, like especially uh-huh. being signed to a major label like that and being like, I, I, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> like, it was it was crazy. Um, but I basically i i was i was on the label and i was doing um tours we were doing festival runs and all that stuff um and then due to a bunch of stuff that happened at the label executively like there was like a whole whole fiasco with one of the anrs that signed me uh i ended up getting dropped off the label which was a real big bummer at the time um Mm -hmm. and it felt like a really big setback because it was like, I felt like, you know, that's like a big step in a music career is, you know, getting signed to a big major label.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, at least that was my understanding. Um, and so, you know, coming out of that was like, oh, shoot, what do I do? And it was pretty scary for a bit because that was my whole thing, you know, for for a couple of years. And so coming out of that, um, and at the time, uh, the music that I was making on the label uh, was kind of a little bit more indie pop vibes a little bit, indie rock a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and it was it was fun. I still do like that genre of music, but I think for me um there was always a, an element of it feeling forced, like having mm. to make music for this label, you know, to like make hits. Like I felt I felt like they were trying to make me into like this like Imagine Dragons type band. Like they wanted that stuff yeah, from me. Okay. And I think that the um, the pressure to do that made me so not want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it just didn't feel like real. And so, um, so there was a lot of struggle there. But getting out of the label, I didn't have that pressure. And I was like, I could make whatever I wanted. And at the time, I had started dabbling in some kind of darker more tribally like cinematic sounding music. Mm -hmm. And um, that was actually the lion was actually the last song that I released on the label. Um, And that was kind of my like step into this darker cinematic world. Um, And so coming out of that, I had like some leftover pop songs, but I had like a couple of these darker songs and I was like, I can't do both anymore. You know, I can't, I can't do both. I have to go in a direction and commit to, vibe
0: so that it makes
1: sense when you're listening to hear you know a consistency um and so that's when i did i did lion and i did this other song called murky and throne and i kind of developed this whole brand essentially um Mm -hmm. it was like a lot of kind of experimentation for me um i did like a writing trip in nicaragua you know i i was going out to to kind of discover what i want saint mesa to be now that i'm Mm -hmm. fully kind of owning everything myself and I have full control over everything. And I kind of allowed myself to really explore and experiment what that could be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, And it was cool. And I, and I feel like um, I've really landed in a really cool spot where I've kind of carved out a little niche for myself. It like there was, there was always a struggle when making pop aligned music where mm-hmm. you're competing it's like a competition. You're essentially competing for listens with every up and coming pop artist. And so right. that struggle, I was just like, why am I even engaging in this? Like, what is the art in you know, having the stati- like, I remember talking with a label A&R, and they were talking about the statistics of people that skip a song, whether uh, they hear vocals in the first five seconds or not and I was like why do I have to know this
0: I I don't want to know that oh (laughs) yeah you can't unknow it now
1: I'm like (laughs) should I do vocals in the beginning like because they're gonna skip it if they don't hear that (laughs) Uh. I don't want to think about that stuff we're trying to make art Mm -hmm. um and so it was it was so nice to be free of all of that and just do what I wanted to do and Mm -hmm. and like I have a song off of the first EP that I did in this kind of genre that's like just this weird instrumental with like creepy horn sound that I, like I, I played, where is it? Play this like, like a, like a Buffalo horn kind of thing. It's like, you know, and I was like, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a really long journey and, uh, I'm just really happy that people like what I'm doing now, which is really cool. um, because it genuinely does feel like me Mm -hmm. and it feels very like, like it feels like a proper representation of how I want my stuff to sound. And, and it like it lines up with my aesthetic and it lines up with like the type of art that I like. And so Mm -hmm. it it feels very, very finally like personally connected to me. Um, And it's cool that people have been, have been responding well to it. So
0: yeah, Yeah. that's kind of where things are at. Yeah. That's incredible. I I mean that's that's got to be feels so amazing to have the label be part of your journey where, you know, that's a that's a major milestone for most artists. That's the thing that people are gunning for all the time yeah. and that's kind of like the the dream, right? And, you know, your experience of that sounds like it was good but at the same time not fully you expressed in in, you know, what exactly. you wanted to be doing creatively and then to just take everything into your own hands and create what you have today. And it gained so much traction and, you know, and popularity that's got to be uh, really fulfilling.
1: It really is. And I think uh, like, it's cool to see like I have more streams and viewer and like consistent streams and consistent listeners now than I did when I was on a major label. Mm-hmm. And to me that's like a really satisfying thing to know like okay like it would like the boot like i'd have like i could look at like my my stats on spotify or whatever and you see like big spikes when like a song would come out when the label would like push for like a you know a single or whatever and then mm-hmm. they would go kind of go back down to like a you know a resting you know amount but now with uh, all the stuff that i've been creating it's just like a constant just like block of like people listening to my music. And it's like, to me, that's so cool to be, it's like very validating um, yeah. to be like, okay, this is like a, there's like a, a base of people who actually consistently want to engage in this art and mm-hmm. aren't just clicking on a button that got pushed to their feed. You know, like there are right. people who are actually just like checking up to see if I've made new music to go and listen to, you know, which is crazy.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Very validating for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm interested to know what you attribute that trajectory to. Um, And we'll, you know, I know this is kind of, this is moving into the space of like educating singers, which is, you know, what we want to do here. Uh, And it just, me kind of looking at your overall marketing skills, Strategy. It just seems it's it's so brilliant. It's so well executed. You know, were you, were there things that you were doing strategy wise to make that trajectory move like that, or was it just the you know the music just taking off for you?
1: Uh, a little bit of both. I would say it's more. I mean, and I and I I've expressed this a bunch, but I I feel like so much of music success is like right time right place kind of thing a lot of times Mm -hmm. um like there are things that you can do to put yourself in the right places Mm -hmm. um but for me a good amount of it just felt like people just really started liking the music and and because also like uh i release the first batch of like this new genre of music like i think sometime in the beginning of or kind of like the first few months of uh 2019 Okay. And so there was a kind of a long break in between where, you know, it was just the music that existed. And then I was working on a bunch of new stuff, developing the new stuff. And so the, the bump in streams are basically from like 2020 till now. And it mm-hmm. just kind of like, I think for me, uh, a thing that has been cool to see is uh, you could upload something and it could just take a year for mm-hmm. people to figure out that they like it. You know what I mean? Or people to find okay. it and when more people find it and start sharing it you know there's a snowball effect essentially with all of your other songs too mm-hmm. and that's kind of what happened um one of my songs lion ended up uh getting i mean not like hugely popular on tiktok mm-hmm. relative like it's relative cuz tiktok's insane
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but it you know it started getting some you know some traction on tiktok uh around 2020 and people started checking it out and like so many different like uh, genre I was gonna say genres of people but you know like that yeah. makes sense. like different uh, like subcultures. Subgroups. yeah like <laughs> some, yeah, culture subgroups of people uh that found it and like like right now there's like a whole community of like authors and like writers mm. uh that have latched on to the music and have it in all of their playlists and like put it behind their reels and stuff um and so it was cool to see like like time like not be like, I don't know how to describe it. Like people put a lot of emphasis on the like release week, release month of your song and they want it to be massive. And it's like, that's good. But if you can have people consistently listening to your music over Mm -hmm. a long span of time, Mm -hmm. that's what you want. You know, I don't want to spike every time I release and then it goes back down. Yeah. I want a rise consistently like going all the way up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was a little, I mean, like marketing is like, just social media these days you know what i mean Mm -hmm. for the most part like so if you can do good on social media and i've had a struggle with this actually (laughs) i hate social media (laughs) it it's it's nice for some things um Mm -hmm. but i hate the pressure that social media has Mm -hmm. um where you have to be on tiktok you have to be posting like every day Mm -hmm. multiple times a day like that's crazy to me like i can't i don't have the bandwidth to make (laughs) who does that (laughs) i know well and like and and, but it works for people um like some people will be like oh yeah i made a tiktok like i made like 10 tiktoks every day for like a year and now i have like 7 billion followers i'm like i don't get what why Mm -hmm. like (laughs) um but for me i found uh that i Basically, I'm trying to like, and I'm still on this journey, but I think I found a little bit of it, but I'm I'm figuring out how to do social media in a way that to me still feels like art, mm-hmm. um, because if it feels like a chore, if it feels like I'm um, regurgitating the same stuff that everyone else is doing to somehow get attention, right? Uh, I, I can't do that. I just can't. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it, it feels like a completely antithetical to the type of project that i'm doing which is you know a very genuine expression of me Mm -hmm. and so to like to like have to do like a TikTok with like the little robot voice and the captions like this is how i made my song and i'm like i don't that's not me you know what i mean yeah yeah um and so i've just been trying to like make cool reels and make like little mini like 30 second like aesthetic videos that um maybe sometimes they're performance sometimes they're um, just to the music. but uh, to me that's been really fun and it's also been like a stretching my creativity in another way in, in like a video format, which I don't I, I haven't really done a whole lot of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so it, I don't know, it's like finding ways to market your music on social media just by mm-hmm. making more art. Yeah. Um, I think for me that's worked better than uh, at least better for me yeah than doing like the trend kind
0: of thing. Right. I know it sounds. It seems so smart, and you also have you know the historic the history to back up. You know, taking it in that direction too, where you know you you have experienced some genuine organic growth with your music, just letting it um, you know settle into the atmosphere on its own and letting it you know take um, get traction that way, but then to also frame social media in that light where, you know, you, you can put your blinders on, even though, you know, like everybody is, is following a formula, everybody's doing it a certain (laughs) way. And it makes you feel like you should be doing all those things. But when you, when you do have that ability, like you do to kind of put your blinders on and just be like, well, I'm just going to do this my way. I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to handle it, you know, with, um my art artistic sensibility and I think that's such a smart move on on your part and is that's probably gonna be the thing that will you know make all of your content viral. <laughs>
1: I hope so. I mean and I think that um the the more I've I've been in this the less I care about virality of content and yeah. it's more about like am I making something that will stand the test of time essentially mm-hmm. um and uh Yeah, I think I think that if you have something cool and if you are are really good at something, I think doing it your own way is usually the best way to go when it comes to art. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there is a level of respect that people have for doing that, Mm -hmm. um, that I think is very underrated. And it is harder to do it that way, for sure. It is definitely harder. It is way harder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It takes way more time um but it is very rewarding um yeah. to when when you do find that organic success uh from doing it your own way uh it is definitely i think it, it feels more satisfying than if i were to like have a song blow up on tiktok yeah you know it's like okay <laughs>
0: yeah yeah and how how about the engagement aspect of social media do you find that um people following you on, on the various platforms? Are you, do you have a lot of personal engagement with them or do you find that they're just um, more listeners or, you know, just more appreciating what you do or do you have a lot of engagement with them?
1: It kind of depends. I have way more monthly listeners on Instagram or Instagram (laughs) on uh, Spotify than I have like, like anywhere close to followers on like my main platform that I use is Instagram right now. Mm -hmm. um and so i think i have like only like four thousand followers on instagram and so i engage with them as much as i can usually Mm -hmm. um i like hearing from people because i don't know because like i'm a person you know what i mean it's like if i dm'd someone that i was like in love with their music and they responded and were like having a conversation i'd be stuck you know and so my perspective is like you know these are all people that love my music and i'm so genuinely like appreciative of that Mm -hmm. um And so, you know, I'm, I'm down to talk to people for sure. Um, and you know, I'll engage as much as I can. I actually, (laughs) I, (laughs) I did a little bit of a, a little bit of a blunder. Um, I, I severely underestimated I was, I'm bad at math. Uh, so (laughs) on my, uh, they did a new thing on Spotify this year where, um, artists could send a personalized message to their top, like percent, like top uh, when you make it into their top five Spotify wrapped or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I did a video and, uh, apparently a lot of people didn't do one, but I did a video Uh and it was just like a thank you video basically. And I was like, Oh, and if you wanted, uh, if you want to DM me, um, Uh on uh, like a, like a, like a screenshot of your Spotify wrapped on Instagram or to my email here, uh I'll send you you know a free piece of merch. I thought it was gonna oh be no! like 20 people or something. I thought it was gonna be <laughs> oh, just man. a few people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was like almost 150 people, and so I don't even have that much merch. So I I ordered I'm I'm doing uh, a bunch of signed uh like printouts of the EP, and so I have mm-hmm. like a bunch of little like CDs with the, with the booklet with some cool art and stuff on it. And so I'm just going to do those and I'm going to include a couple other little goodies and hopefully that, and and also a uh, I'm relaunching my merch site also. Uh And so I'm going to include a little voucher, like a little thank you thing and give them like 30% off their first order or whatever. Um, But i so bad. I was like, I want to do something cool for people. I was like, that's a lot of money. (laughs) Like that's too many people.
0: (laughs) You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I did not do the math. (laughs) It's, it's not a bad problem to have though. I mean, when you really think about it.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I want to, I, I think that I want to be as engaged as I can be mm-hmm. on like whatever community does form around my music. I want to be, you know, as involved as I can be. Cause I think that, I think that's really cool. And I'm genuinely just very grateful that people are interested, you know?
0: yeah yeah um and what plans do you have live performance wise are you planning on doing any touring or any festivals or anything like that
1: so there's a tricky one because okay so i would love to do live shows again um but it's just me and -hmm. my music is so big and there's so much Mm. so i i wouldn't ever want to do solo stuff really um at least not for at least not for a little bit it'd have to be the right setting the right vibe and it would have to be able to develop a really cool set mm-hmm. um but i would definitely want to do it full band and so that means that i have to hire out a full yes. live band pay them every show pay them for rehearsals and those you know the songs are really big so they take a little bit of time to to learn and stuff and get get developed right you know mm-hmm. um and so it's it's there's a logistical and financial aspect that like, like if I was going to do a tour, it cost me like, I think I did the math once and it was like 10 grand a week or something to like draw the costs of like paying for their, whether, you know, the lodging and food Mm -hmm. per diem and uh, you know, day rate for the shows and stuff. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, until I can get like, if I can get um, like tour support either, Mm -hmm. either I do like a distro deal or something and maybe get like tour support, Mm -hmm. but I would love to, for sure. It's just like, you know, some stuff has to line up for that to become a thing, but.
0: Yeah. 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 No, it definitely seems like a massive undertaking (laughs) like that together, especially on your own, you know,
1: know I'm I'm completely on my own out here. (laughs) Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Do you find where um, being where you're at now uh, and, and having the, the amount of activity you have with the music now is it still manageable to handle everything on your own or do you feel overwhelmed with all of the various hats you have to wear
1: i'm constantly
0: overwhelmed (laughs) yeah
1: i'm constantly overwhelmed with all the things that i have to do and have have to be doing um but i'm i'm happy to do it it's just Mm -hmm. like uh It's like I if I don't I literally have like a to do list every day of things that I need to do, because if I don't, I will just forget some important things. Yeah, it's also it's also having ADHD. But um, (laughs) but yeah, I think that um, in the next maybe in the next year or two, it'd be nice to get um, someone on management for, you know, for some things. Mm -hmm. Um, But as of right now, uh, where things are at, um, I'm handling it, you know. Uh, I'm able to, I'm able to handle, handle everything Mm -hmm. for the most part. But um, as soon as things were to like dive into like doing shows, going on tours, I would definitely need somebody to, to jump in and handle some logistical stuff Mm -hmm. because it can be so overwhelming and like you, yeah, you have to wear so many hats. (laughs) Like I have to wear so many. And I'm also, I'm producing all of this music myself as well. So I'm I'm writing and singing and recording and playing every instrument except for strings I can't play strings I got a really good string player for the CP but it's just like there's there's so much stuff all the time Yeah so it does get overwhelming for sure
0: Yeah I bet I know well it's 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 crazy knowing you know, you you really do in this business. You really do have to be so many things. It is, you know, it, it'd be lovely if it were just about the art and just about yeah. being a creative. But um, you really do have to pull together a lot of skills to uh, run it like a business. Honestly.
1: Honestly, yeah, and you have to not. You can't just do one thing, at least for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. Like I don't just do Saint Mesa. You know, I produce for other artists. I do mm-hmm. mixing projects. Um, I'll do some live stuff if I have somebody that needs keyboards that I can jump into. Um, um, I'm teaching myself videography. So I've shot a couple music videos so far. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you got to do a lot of different things uh, in order to, to make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it it is a lot. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we always talk about that on the unstoppable singer is like one of the key elements to having a career with longevity is making sure that you have multiple stream, uh, streams of income and multiple channels that you're working on. Not having all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. I mean, you know, at, at times it, that does, in fact, work. But you know, when you're, uh, you know, if you're wanting to just make a sustainable living at at doing this, um, it's really important that you do pick up those other things that you're good at and that you enjoy doing as well. But, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, I want to go back to um, talking about your creative processes and just um, the artistry that's gone into Saint Mesa, and and I'm interested to know how you pulled together um, just the the image, the um, artistic elements of it. Um, Iris and I were talking about your music, and she and she was saying that. Uh, There's a lot of meaning and symbolism in, in the choices you make artistically and what has shaped and influenced that? What, what drew you to pulling that together? Mm. Um, that's a hard, I feel like it's like so much
1: of it is like amalgamations of things that I liked growing up and things that I was like, I love like fantasy Mm -hmm. and, uh, I love, like, I grew up loving like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and, um, there, there are so many elements of stuff like that and like video games that I played when I was young, that I was like obsessed with like Legend of Zelda. And there's so much like imagery and all of that art. Cause so much of that is just like genuine art.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think so much of that stuff it inspired me and kind of, I carry with me as, you know, as an adult now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I don't know. I think developing the project was really interesting because like I said, I was coming out of a, making more pop oriented stuff. And uh, there was a, a, a part of me that's always wanted to make more cinematic leaning music. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved soundtracks. I love uh, Hans Zimmer is a huge inspiration to me. Musically. Um mm-hmm. it's just in terms of like the, the colors that he paints with essentially in terms, like mm-hmm. in terms of like the harmonic stuff that he uses for, uh, for his movements and all that. And so, there was always a part of me that wanted to make that that music. And I think a lot of times the the music that I that I love in movies tends to skew in a darker, more intense, more tribal route. Uh I mean you look at like the score from like Lord of the Rings, like there, mm-hmm. there are some really just like deep, deep feeling moments uh in the scores. And so I think that the darkness of the music that I wanted to make and the the aesthetic that I was developing into as uh as a, as a young adult, they kind of like reached like a perfect, like point at, mm-hmm. with each other. And, and then I was like, Oh, this is nice. Like, Oh, things feel like, you know, I yeah. feel like we've, we've finally reached where we need to be. Um,
0: yeah.
1: and, uh, yeah. And then things kind of went from there. Like for me, um, the aesthetic is so easy, uh, mm-hmm. like, because it genuinely is just me, um, and my preferences and my tastes, and mm. the things that I like and the things that I want to wear and the things that I want to have in my home. And to me, uh, the, it really was like a magical thing, finding the music that can finally reach my personal aesthetic and, and having them meet perfectly. Mm. Um, yeah, they just kind of, it, it was, they developed together into each other essentially.
0: Yeah. Wow. And is there uh, what is the meaning behind St. Mesa be, behind the name?
1: Uh, so the name uh, has a couple meanings. Um, one, I, I was toying around with just Mesa in general because I really liked uh, I really like n- like uh, nature references. And so like a Mesa is like a big like flat topped rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember having a cool I have a cool memory like uh, hiking one in Oregon with some family when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just beautiful. But um, there's another meaning behind that um, Mesa in Spanish. I'm half Chilean. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mesa in Spanish means table. Um, and we, uh, I grew up in a pretty big family. Uh, we, I have, uh, three brothers and an adopted sister Mm. and, uh, my mom and my dad. And so we are also a very welcoming family. And so Mm -hmm. friends, uh, uh, partners, whatever, everyone, everyone was always welcome. And so we would have these massive, uh, gatherings on Sunday. We do Sunday dinner. Mm -hmm. So we have these massive gatherings on Sunday, like, all the time where we would just like everyone be welcome we'd have a ton of people around the table um and i really liked that kind of oh, my lizard's running around calm <laughs> down
0: um, a, vis- a visitor yeah you got the zoomies <laughs> um, but
1: uh i i i liked the reference to that and so um yeah. i kind of i kind of brought that in and the saint is kind of just like a it was an added on thing, but I I, I like it because it's kind of a reminder to always strive to be the best person that you can be, essentially. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of the, the meaning.
0: I love that so much because it, it speaks to like just who you are as a person, your values, you know, the things that mean most to you in life. I love that that's just drawn in to, you know, the complete image the total vibe of what um saint mesa is that's yeah exactly beautiful. like i said i
1: want it to be a very personal mm-hmm. like reflection of me essentially
0: so yeah yeah very cool um i had a question come in on asking uh what is a dream project or collaboration for you Ooh,
1: it's always a fun one to think about i would love to do uh like a soundtrack with han zimmer that'd be so cool that'd be mm-hmm. so cool mm-hmm. i don't even know how realistic it is but that'd be so cool um, or, uh, a band that I really love, uh, Sunlux, um, they're fantastic, I'm huge fans of them. Um, okay. they just did the soundtrack for, uh, everything everywhere all at once, which cleaned up at the, um, the award show. What award, what award show was that? The Oscars? I don't know. I don't want to oh,
0: that. That just took place. That
1: just took place. Was it the
0: Oscars? That, was it the Emmys
1: or the Emmys? No, Emmys is TV, right? <laughs> none of the
0: no. fine. I don't even have cable. <laughs> it was the Oscars. Arlie is in the is, yeah. Is in the comedy. Arlie, <laughs> thank you, Arlie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, very cool. So it's it's really really inspiring to hear your journey and how everything has unfolded for you. Um, and then to see, you know, just presently where you're at, you know, with the music and everything, um, what would you say to singers, musicians, artists out there right now, uh, who might be in a creative rut? Hmm.
1: Ah, the creative rut. <laughs> um, it's hard. I feel like, uh, everyone has a different experience coming out of creative rut, um, mm-hmm everyone's different different things work for people um but i would say biggest of all don't be hard on yourself Mm -hmm. um because that will just make it worse and it's Mm -hmm. easy to say that from a perspective where you're not in a creative rut but it's like you're an artist you're a you're a a singer you know whatever you know what to do it is just a matter of time before you catch up with yourself essentially Um, Uh, yeah and uh i think that just give yourself time give yourself grace in those ruts um experiment with things that you maybe don't normally do um maybe go for a walk at the beginning of the day you know like like there are things there are things that will work for some people and things that won't go go on a trip somewhere or something you know like Mm -hmm. uh experience something new try new foods, go, go find inspiration somewhere and Mm -hmm. and bring it back with you. And also, uh, when you are kind of getting out of that, when you get that inspiration, ride the inspiration wave for as long as you can, um, Mm -hmm. don't ignore it. Don't give it time to, you know, to sit, take it, run with it, go with it. Um, because that energy, that creative energy is, is really valuable. um, and is sometimes hard to, to, to get consistently.
0: Yeah, yeah, so you're saying take taking actions to spark that that creativity and yeah. not not waiting for it just to arrive, but to
1: <laughs> Yeah, try do do things to to see what what happens and what works.
0: Mm-hmm. And what is your um creative regimen as far as like how do you do you intentionally carve out time to work on your projects? Um do you do you schedule or do you just um go with the flow when you're crea- in creative it kind of
1: depends like I said I have really bad ADHD <laughs> so mm-hmm. um it depends I think when I am in uh, full creative brain writing mode and I'm and I'm developing a bunch of songs um I will just do it every like I, this is my full time thing so if I don't have mm-hmm. something else like if I don't have another project that I that needs my attention I'll mm-hmm. just be doing my stuff essentially right um, and so when I'm in that headspace, I'm just doing it all the time, like every day mm-hmm. um, for as long as my brain can keep up with, you know, with where I want things to go. Uh, but when I am not in that, you know, creative flurry of work and when, when I have like things that I need to get done, like I need to dive in and I need to edit this section of this song. When I have those things, I'll just put them on a list um, of like things I want to do today. I want to get through these checklists of things and then I will finish those things and, you know, check them all off. If I can, you know, if I miss a couple, it's fine, but I'll, I will try and get everything done. And then the next day I will have another list. Um, that's been really helpful for me is, is trying to be, uh, trying to have goals, like even the small goals where I'm like, bounce out a, a mix of this for someone. Cause they asked for one stem and I'll, and I'll do that, you know, and having those little small goals to to check off the list of thing like creative things that you need to do mm-hmm. uh, has been really helpful to keep up with um, you know all the work that it can be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to ask about the uh, about ADHD and how um, how that plays out in your life creatively. Do you find it to be a creative superpower for you, or you know what are the what are the ups and downsides of that for you?
1: It's kind of, uh, it's like a superpower, but also like an Achilles heel kind of situation where Mm -hmm. it's like, if you let, maybe, I don't know if that analogy works. It's, it's all the time, always. And so Mm -hmm. whether you're hyper-focused on, on the music that you're doing, you can easily get hyper-focused on something else. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, uh, it's really, you're constantly just gently reminding yourself, ah, we're doing this we're not doing this we're doing this you know and and it's like uh but but when you can get that hyper focus on something you can just like zoom like you can you can make a song a day Mm -hmm. um and uh so sometimes i love the productivity that can come with with being able to adhd focus on something and then sometimes i'm like why do I keep looking at my phone? There's nothing on there for me. <laughs> what do I keep doing? Right. Why did I, why did I just go and read this book that I had in my room and I was just reading it laughing. And I'm like, I should be doing something. I have something to do. Uh, yeah. uh, so Yes.
0: It's sometimes
1: good. Sometimes bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see. Um, I had another question uh, come in that what is something on your journey as an artist that you are currently learning? Hmm. Ooh, that's a tough question. Mm-hmm
1: it's always hard to to know the lessons when you're in one, you know? Yeah,
0: that's so true. <laughs> um,
1: I think I am learning uh, that um, I am more capable than I often let myself think I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, th- and I think that a lot of times that doubt, and it's not even like a, oh, I'm doubting myself. Like it's, it's genuine. Like, oh, I don't think I can do that. You know, I can't do that yet. It's like, you know, it's not like a down on yourself kind of doubt. It's just like a, what I would think of as just an average like limitation that I put on myself Mm -hmm. Um, kind of figuring out that like, maybe I, you know, maybe those limitations are literally just in my head. Mm -hmm. They're not actually real limitations. And what if I push myself past that limitation? You know, sometimes I can just do those things when I thought that I couldn't, you know what I mean? Um, And that can come creatively. Like, uh, like I I used to work with um, a producer on everything that I did for a while uh, up until the, uh, the, the last EP that I released, I had, I had worked on a, with a producer and I, and I love work. I would work with him all the time if I could, but he became busy. He moved to like Nicaragua and then he moved to Portugal. And I was just like, I can't wait for this guy to come mm-hmm. back to the States.
0: Mm-hmm. So I ended up
1: like, like essentially like I know how to produce, but I essentially had to like learn how to produce my stuff at the quality that I had grown accustomed to um, and I, it was a thing that I was so afraid of. And uh, like, I'm like, I'm not a producer, you know, I'm not like a top shelf producer that can, you know, that can do those kinds of things. And then I just had to do it and I did it and I could do it, you know, like yeah. took some learning, but, and I took, you know, took time, but I think those limitations that we put on ourselves are often, um, just in our heads.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I love that answer. And it's, it's funny you say that because on this show, you know, all of the singers that come on here have, um, experienced, you know, various levels of, of success. Um, but the through line that I find with almost everybody, uh, that is, that are really like rocking in their careers and, you know, and, um, making things work is this level of, um, just kind of scrappiness or <laughs> you know in industrious you know uh mindset where I mean you're a perfect example of that being a self-taught musician and then self, you know going into production taking all of that on you know on your own and everything I think that's such a an important quality to really embrace in yourself in this field is like having that self-starter, motivation and that, um, everybody's going to have the imposter syndrome. That's just I, that's just part of our life, but it's, it's the ability to just step into it and accept it and, and move past it. Uh, but I, I really, you know, I, I admire that quality so much, you know, that, and it's, it, it really makes your um, journey inspiring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely a thing that, that's almost required to yeah. you know, to be like a full-time artist and musician and performer, like to be able to adapt and and adapt in a in a, a productive way., mm-hmm. um, definitely very, very important for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so important for singers because there's such the stereotype of just being a singer. But when you really own your own, you own your career overall and take responsibility for all of those different hats that you do have to wear that I'm not saying you have to be an expert in, you know, production, or you don't have to be, um, you know, Perfect at piano, guitar, or anything like yeah. that. But just recognizing those things that if you find that you have dependency on others, that would slow you down from the creative process or just from moving forward in your career. If you if you're aware of those those elements and just taking that responsibility to say, you know what, I probably could do this. I probably could learn enough about this to be dangerous or just to get shit at least.
1: (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. I think that was a big thing was like the dependency on others for me was a Mm -hmm. really big thing that, um, that in the last few years, I kind of have taken control of a lot of things. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a manager for a bit. Um, and it was, you know, it was definitely nice. I, I think a lot of times, you know, having someone to manage stuff can be really good, but I think I became dependent on him to do so much and Mm -hmm. he didn't do as much as i was hoping for and it it just became this thing where i was like i could just do this and so i ended up just kind of taking the reins and mm-hmm. and being the person to do all of those things and then with the with my buddy who is a producer um like i talked about a little bit ago uh, it was kind of also the same thing where i'm like i can't keep waiting on this guy you know to be available to to help me produce these songs mm-hmm. and so like basically i would i would take the songs to a demo point and then up until that point i would like be done with those and then I'd bring them to him and then we would record a bunch of stuff. And I, I had to be like, I have to take these past this point so that I can release music, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, And, and even going back to the very beginning of how I started doing music, I was dependent on somebody to sing on my tracks.
0: Right. So yeah. I was
1: like, I'm just going to do it. And then I did it. And That's it was fine. Huge. You
0: know, <laughs> Who knew? Um, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So yeah, I think you're right. I think getting, getting as many of those dependencies uh like learning those things as many as you can essentially um will be incredibly helpful for you in the long term like that versatility i think is is really important
0: yeah yeah that's great um it has been so great getting the chance to talk to you to learn about your journey and your creative process um i've gone ahead and posted your uh, links in the comments so uh everybody can check out uh, your social media platforms and so that they can stay tuned for, is it Friday that the single is coming out?
1: Yeah. Friday, the first single will come out.
0: Awesome. Where's the best place for everybody to, uh,
1: wherever you listen to music, um, Apple music, Spotify, uh, Google music. There's so many places to listen to music. I looked at yeah. the thing on the distributor <laughs> and I was like, you listen to music at all these places. That's crazy. That's
0: great. And what's the name of the single?
1: Uh, the single will be called Autour it's like a, it's a meaning of author. Um, Uh and so it'll be, that will be the first one of the, the kind of batch of music that'll be coming out. So.
0: Great. I'm excited to hear it. Um, I want to leave with one final question that I ask everybody at the end of our interview. And that is what makes you unstoppable?
1: Ooh, that's a big question. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say, What makes me unstoppable would be um, my, oh, I don't know how to, that's such a, that seems like giving an answer seems like such a definitive answer.
0: Yeah, Um, I like to, I like to surprise lay it on everybody because I think it's just whatever, (laughs) whatever your heart says, whatever that gut reaction is, is always the best answer.
1: I think, oh, that's such a hard one. Yeah. Unstoppable. That's such a big word. I don't know if I feel unstoppable all the time. (laughs) Um, I would say that for me, I think what makes me unstoppable is that I'm not putting my success on anyone else. And I'm not putting um, my success on any number or any monetary value of anything Mm-hmm. Um, I'm putting my success on what makes me happy and feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that anyone can take that away from you. You know, your streams could plummet, uh, you know, whatever. But if you are making something that you feel fulfilled by and you feel uh, proud of, and mm-hmm. you can genuinely put your name behind the thing that you're doing, uh, and be proud be proud of that and be happy with that. Um, I think that no one could ever
0: take that away from you. Yeah. That's a brilliant answer. I <laughs> love it. I got beat in the system. <laughs> that was great. I love it so much. Well, Danny, thank you again so much. And thank you to everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind-the-scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career. Thanks so much for joining.